0: Welcome to the Mini Brick, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines results and controversies from the tennis world today is Friday February 11th some of you may be asking Alex why are you using the hushed tones again that's because i'm recording this at 10:28 p.m. on Thursday night in my hotel room in my favorite city in the world madison wisconsin the scene of the 2022 division 1 women's national indoor championships we have four fantastic days of tennis ahead of us here at crack rackets of course All of the 2022 Division I National Indoor is going to be able to be seen on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. You're going to be able to listen to myself, Mike Cation, Daniel Westhoff, steer you through our Red Zone coverage of the four-day event as we try to crown the 2022 National Indoor Champion. Of course, day one sees round of 16 action on Friday. Every team still believes they have a chance to capture the National Indoor title, of course, in 2022, given the depth Given the talent, given the parody, it really does feel like a bunch of these teams could emerge as the winner. As such, it should be a fascinating day of tennis. 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, 7 a.m. Pacific. We kick off our coverage four matches on the day. We start at 9 a.m. Central Time here. Our last match is scheduled to go on at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. As such, just book your day. Grab your snacks early in the morning. Maybe get two Entrees, three entrees when you go out for food. That way you're not going to have to leave again. Buckle in, folks. Should be an extraordinary four days of tennis. But, of course, before we can get to the action, we have to preview all the action here at Crack Rackets. And as you Crack Rackets listeners know, when I'm talking college tennis, there's a select group of individuals i'm going to turn to one of them joining me on the podcast here today he's helped me steer the ship for all of our women's college tennis coverage here in 2022 you know him as your co-favorite writer on our website CrackRackets.com. founder of the no ad no problem blog it is our friend john j parsons j welcome back to the show national indoors is upon us how are you feeling
1: I'm good Gruskin, I didn't know we were doing (laughs) ASMR mini break, but (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be talking in hushed tones this entire time and then realize like I am not in the hotel, so I can talk uh, as loud as I want. Uh, I'm doing well, I'm really excited for indoors, feels good to be back, it feels noticeable to have 16 teams this year rather than 8 last year, so really excited for the action to get underway and I think it's going to be a really good tournament double down on those long days I might as well just take tomorrow off of work it's gonna be uh, some long days if it's anything like what we had in Stillwater last year We'll be up late this weekend. Well, two things off of that. A, I like for all the first-time
0: viewers, first-time listeners, they think I've got this bass tone, that they think I've got this <laughs> deep voice. I'll say this. If my mom's watching, no, I did not smoke two packs of cigarettes before we recorded this. Obviously, again, it's 1030 at night here, trying to be conscious of the others. But let me just say the hush tones is not meant to mute my excitement. As you know, Jay, I am amped for this event. It is going to be an extraordinary weekend-plus Of tennis. Of course, I always enjoy the opportunity to get to work with my Cation guy. I grew up listening to on the Challenger calls a man who very much uh, found it, or, you know, is very much influential in my passion for the sport today. But yeah, I mean, big picture here before we get into any of the matchups, before we get into any of our breakdowns, Jay. You come into this national indoor event, North Carolina, two-time defending champs, but the nucleus of that national indoor run from Carolina, that group that made five consecutive finals, McKenna Jones, Alexa Graham, Sarah Davitella, they're gone. What does a national indoors without those three players even look like? We don't know. And we also don't know what a national indoors looks like without Duke, without Stanford, without, uh, I'm forgetting one, UCLA, UCLA here as well, of course. You know, we don't have the Blue Bloods. Some of the Blue Bloods we do have looking new. Now, obviously, defending champs Texas bring back the nucleus of their NCAA title winning team. They made the finals last year, came over oh so close to winning the title we're up a set in 4-1 and I had three points on the board you feel like that Texas team closes that match out 99% of the time of course last year's national indoor finals was the 1% how does that drive them here what message are they trying to send to the rest of the country those are the things I think about when I think big picture here again before we get into the nitty-gritty what are some of the big picture storylines you're monitoring
1: Yeah, I think you nailed a lot of those. I think the one I would add is the absence of blue bloods means there's new blood, right? (laughs) Uh, And so that comes in the form of Old Dominion making their first national indoors, Oklahoma uh, here at indoors, Washington as well. Probably those are the three teams you circle as teams who had really great runs on the ITA kickoff weekend or just kind of generally the start of the season. How do they carry over that momentum? Right. They're gonna be some of those teams are are more green than others on the national stage, but they'll still feel, you know, confident coming into the weekend given the start to the season they've had. So that's probably the other storyline I'm watching, particularly ODU, Washington, and Oklahoma, all at varying stages, various rankings, kind of within the top 25, but you know really excited to see how those three perform
0: no i mean all of these schools auburn which brings back a team we saw a lot of familiar faces in last yep. year can they make another jump get a win here this weekend not over you know respectfully uh a new blood team but over a blue blood can they sort of establish themselves at the top and yep. certainly nc state is you know they're trying to go from new blood to blue blood and they're very close to making that transition i'm gonna work that analogy can i steal that from you on the commentary <laughs> you I'm steal it, yeah. you know, and by the way the the other thing I wanted to mention: you've got a long day ahead of you, my friend. Twelve hours in the commentary, like you're in the comments, like you're you very much play a role of our broadcast, as you know. And of course, listeners are going to be seeing this uh, during the intermissions between matches. But again, so chat with me. Yes, exactly. So please interact with Jay and obviously Super Producer Daniel going to be feeding those questions to myself and Mike. We'll try to address them throughout the show. Obviously, at Mike C. Tennis, I don't need to tell any of you. You're already following him, at A.L. Gruskin, at Jay Tweets Tennis. I see the influence there, Jay, or maybe we're just all talking about tennis here. Um, but yeah, no, uh, again, please interact with us. We hope you follow along. 9 a.m. Central time, our first match, last match scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Central time so it's going to be a day folks buckle in with that in mind it's time for us to preview Day one of the 2022 Division One Women's National Indoor Event. Again, it's round of 16 action. We've got eight matches on the day. Things are destined to get funky. What Jay and I want to do to try to keep this podcast organized, because I like to think, even though Jay made fun of me when I suggested this to him uh, earlier today, that we you know, kind of crack the code on what a preview podcast should look like. We try to keep things organized here. Otherwise, like a grand slam, you're going to talk about every little thing. I'm happy to be here for two hours. I'm sure rooms. I was going to say my room number out loud. I'm not going to say it. But again, Best Western, my favorite hotel. This is literally my favorite building, probably in the world. My mom's going to watch this, so I won't say why. Um, look, this is just you know. Again, we're going to keep things simple. Winners of Team A. Uh, you know, what does Team A's winning this match look like? What does Team B? winning this match look like what are the biggest lineup questions what are the swing matches then of course i'm gonna lean on jay more so than myself i'm totally wussing out i'm just gonna admit that in person you go face to face with these 16 coaches all of whom i love dearly and you know try to say to them hey i picked against your team but i'm broadcasting still and i still really like you you know it's hard to convince them of that so for the sake of neutrality i hope you all will entertain me i am going to abstain from picks Now, perhaps from my analysis, you'll see which way I'm leaning, but I'm going to abstain from formal picks. Jay, you're going to do the heavy lifting here. I apologize for that fact. Um, Yeah, you know, you may coax something. How about this? I promise I'll predict a winner though. That I'm happy to do with you in the end. I'm just not going to go match by match here, except for I guess one, because implicitly I'm picking them as winner. Anyways, with that in mind, let's get into it. Here is our breakdown of tomorrow's eight round of 16 matches. And for the sake of When you're listening to this to make it a little bit more sense, we're going to go in order. We're going to start with the 9 a.m. matches, Jay. The 9 a.m. matches are about as good as it's going to get on day number one. It's going to be a really fun day of tennis, but you look at our 9 a.m. matches. You have defending champion, number two seed, UNC, taking on Ohio State. Let's just start with that match, and I want to start with UNC here because certainly the Tar Heels have – are the most credentialed women's program in the country when it comes to the national indoors, and I just mentioned it: five consecutive finals for Coach Calvis in this team. And yes, no more Graham, no more Jones, no more Davatella. But guess what? The player who won that clinching match from a set and four-one down, Elizabeth Scotty, she's back. Camora. She's back. They've been part of back-to-back championship-winning teams. They don't know what a loss at the indoors. They don't know what a loss in the regular season, by the way, looks like either. Of course, Fiona Crawley was a part of last year's team. Annika Yarlegata has been along for the ride for both of these past two seasons. Riley Tran was on the roster last year. We've talked about Carson Tanjulik in the past. This team, 7-0 to date, or to 5-2 win in Ann Arbor at Michigan. That is certainly appreciated in value, given my Wolverines victory over the Cal Bears earlier this week. What does a Team A win look like for you? What are you expecting to see from this Carolina team this weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it starts with doubles, right? And they have extremely strong doubles, which we've seen over the years, but this year feels you know, really rock solid top to bottom. You have Crawley and Scotty at number one, you have more and Tangi at number two, and then you have get to move down tran and Sanford who have played together, um, you know, last year as well. So they feel really rock solid to me in doubles. You know, you look at that number one duo, they took home the, they're undefeated. <laughs> you know, they uh, took home the ITA fall national championships. So it starts with doubles. And I think that recipe will persist kind of throughout this tournament for them. So I think they're going to get double. – we'll save the predictions, but I think it starts with doubles, and I think the strength – Just to add to your doubles point, you talk about
0: why this season feels more real from a doubles perspective than perhaps years past. And again, I always lean on that 2020 season where Carolina was just – Light years better than everyone else. With all due respect, I'm sure as time gets on, I'm only going to get more hyperbolic with how good they were. But I'm telling you, I was there. I've never seen a team play that dominant in person. You're just like, yep, that's the best team. Mm -hmm. They're going to win you throw that out the window because it's a different ball game now and you look at last year's team even if numbers wise they found success even if in the end Jones and Scotty go on to win the NCAA championship last year it felt like you're just kind of throwing pieces at the board and you just say here's six really talented players yeah. we're going to play them in doubles and we're just going to win on our talent yeah this year whether it's Crawley and Scotty 11-1, I watched them play at fall Nats. They're a pairing, just the way they complement one another, the way Scotty cleans things up and just, you know, again, Crawley's aggression at the net as well. She gets to be her free self because everyone's so worried about what Scotty's doing. You don't realize Crawley may sneaky have more pop, more on Tanjulic. It's just a funky team. It really is. <laughs> yeah. and, and they have success. And then, you know, again, Sanford and Tran were nearly unbeatable at three doubles last year. They're back this season. Yep it just, it's somehow, it's been one semester and this success just feels more real.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you put it right. I think it feels like the solidification of doubles teams and you feel like you have three really strong pairs who have come into their own together and, and some very quickly, right? Some just in, in the past semester. Whereas I think you're right, that sense of like, they won pretty much every doubles point last yeah. season. It felt like that was on the strength of just like really good, individual players and now they're actually having what feels like real doubles pairing success. Yeah,
0: and then of course you look at the singles and you know Morris started the year at number 1 and she's 0 1 in the matches that have been decided but of course the majority of her matches have not been decided because the clean the teams cleaned up everywhere else. 7 and 0 at the two singles spot led by Crawley and Scotty, 6 and 0 at the three singles spot, 6 and 0 at four singles, 6 and 0 at five singles. They've lost one match at one. Yardegata lost a, th- uh, a straight set match at six uh, I believe over in uh, Michigan but it was like a five and six match or a four and five match something like that two singles losses thus far in the year 34 and two now they've beaten up on a lot of teams and it hasn't been the toughest schedule but one month in what are you feeling about this singles lineup
1: yeah, I think it's important to recognize that like the ske- strength of schedule is pretty low, right? And that's why we were all excited to see them face off against Michigan. That win has really appreciated with Michigan's win over Cal. So it's tough to say, and that's why it's exciting to see how they do at indoors. I think as I look at this lineup, the strength of this lineup for me really falls within two, three, four, and five, particularly at three and four with Tran and Crawley. And Tanjulik has looked extremely impressive, but she's a freshman, so on this big stage, how will she perform? Pretty unknown. And Scotty's looked really strong to start the season. So that's where I look for them to kind of rattle off a lot of singles victories um, as they face some of this competition. So we disagree. I would say three through six, not two through five. And that's
0: not meant to be disrespectful to Elizabeth Scotty, who's thirty-two and four in her career, like <laughs> 32 and (laughs) 4. Riley Tran, 34 and (laughs) 1. Right. Like, come on now. What are we doing here sometimes? You look at these numbers and it's just like, we don't talk about it enough. We
1: should just spend, and I could do it, 10 minutes a segment just being like, read these numbers. Like, it's ridiculous. But but if you just splice together the 10 to 15 minutes you spend every pod (laughs) talking about North Carolina, you could have, you know, many dedicated pods. I could never ask this
0: of Westoff because he listens to my voice enough. There's nothing I would love more than some – loving fan. I almost called them nutjob fan, but I mean that in a, in the right sort of way. Just like compiled all of my ridiculous Carolina takes over the years or like Virginia takes and how I sneak them in because there have been a few. Um, but Annika the is 38 and 13 in her career. She's played a bunch of dual matches at number six. I actually feel pretty comfortable about her third year in the program in that spot despite perhaps not being the most calloused in this position. Meanwhile, Crawley Scott, or excuse me, Mora Scotty. How healthy are they ever at the top of the lineup? That's the question I'm always asking. I just know the health of the bottom of the lineup, and I think Tanjulig's got it. Like, I, I do think she's at the bottom of the lineup as a freshman, going to experience a ton of success early on. On the flip side, though, you know what team might have the perfect recipe to beat this team? And it is a brutal first round draw is this version of the Ohio State Buckeyes who come into the national indoors off of arguably the most impressive performance of the kickoff weekend. We deem them our most impressive performers here at Cracked Rackets as they earn decisive victories, 4-1 over Oklahoma State, 4-0 over Tennessee. Now, they haven't played since then, but of course, prior to that weekend, they went down to North Carolina, lost to Duke 4-3, lost to NC State 4-3. I think two really good results against two, you know, Duke's not here, but it's because they lost to Oklahoma, who's another yep. really really good team. NC State of course is here, have racked up even more impressive wins since knocking off the Buckeyes. This team is extraordinarily experienced as well. Everyone but Ratliff has spent time and competed in this event before. Talk me why talk, there could be an, up, you know, tell me why this upset feels very real, Jay.
1: Yeah, and this is one of the things I, I wrote about it because it does feel real, right? Uh-huh. The, the match calculus uh, of the teams, we talk about the strength of UNC's doubles. Of the teams here in Madison, Ohio State could be one of the teams that can match them pound for pound there in the doubles lineup. They have two duo duos at the top of the lineup, whether it be Kantos and Ratliff or Boulet and Allen, who have played so well either throughout their careers or to start the season in the case of Kantos and Ratliff. So, you know... Look, indoors, the aggression that this Ohio State team plays with, particularly in doubles, you know, that's a that's a dogfight. And, you know, playing one set, you know, you know, the momentum and the energy that Ohio State brings, it starts with doubles. And it's certainly not without with outside the realm of possibility for them to take uh, an early doubles point from UNC.
0: I just feel like this team is hungry for one of those blue blood sort of wins because, of course, Ohio State is a blue blood athletic program. But they are right. not a blue blood in women's college tennis. And you look for them last season, as impressive as the 23-4 and four was, when you look for them last year at the National Indoors, they got blitzed by North Carolina in match number one, whatever that happens. 4-3 win over Georgia Tech. But then they fumbled against Northwestern yeah. on that Sunday, 4-3 loss. They should have won it in two and a half hours. The match ends up going 17 hours, keeps us there all night long. I'm not bitter, I promise. <laughs> um, and it just feels, you know, again, this team manages, you know, only loses to Michigan, I believe, during the course of the Big Ten season and gets a really impressive 4-3 win over Vanderbilt in the round of 32 last year and, you know, played Texas as close as anyone in Orlando. Yeah. But what's the signature win? for this Buckeye program. Certainly, you know, again, the DiLorenzo years, yeah, Yeah. they got a couple of them. But post-DiLorenzo, you know, again, I would like to see this team knock off a UNC or even in the next matchup get a win over a Florida or uh, over a Virginia. And I just think this team, watching them play, how much better they were from the uh, Duke-NC State weekend to the Oklahoma State-Tennessee weekend, how they said, you guys are not on our level. We are going to take care of you. Indoor tennis, Jay? Indoor tennis, this team's good.
1: Yeah, and I'm fascinated to see how they perform here because I think the the arc of the last six months with this Ohio State team has been extremely volatile, right? (laughs) I would say six months ago, coming off of that uh, season, they had only Big Ten competition, but played Texas tough, feeling pretty good. They return essentially everybody from that roster. And then you look at the fall results and you were like, Whoa, Boulay, Allen really struggling. That was the, the heart of this lineup. And then all of a sudden, you know, then you see them compete uh, on the road in North Carolina, like you talked about, and they suffer 4-3 losses. And you feel like, okay, but there were some solid showings there. They've clearly taken a step up. um, That performance at kickoff weekend at home was dominant. And so, you know, they seem to be playing well enough to really strike. But we've been burned the last six months. I'm not quite sure exactly. It has not been... A linear path unlike a lot of these teams to start the season so that's the big question for me.
0: Yeah and again you know we're fortunate enough to have the lineups available to us and you know by the time you all are hearing this these lineups will have been locked in so we're comfortable now can share them you know there are a couple of swing matches and again let's get to that now but see how I ABC we kept it in play here this one's going to be one of the longer ones because I really do think this is one of the most intriguing matches uh, of the weekend but you look at it from a matchup perspective for UNC. Again, it will be Cam Moore at the number one spot. Scotty at two. Tran, three. Crawley, four. Tanjulig, five. Yarlagata, six. You look for Ohio State. Contos, one. Boulay, two. Ratliff, three. Allen for Marzel, five uh, Brzezinyak listed at six. But of course, we've seen Luna Dorme play just as many matches there thus far through the season. Doubles wise, it is Boulay and Allen in the number two spot behind Kantos and Ratliff. That's certainly interesting. Same doubles team Crawley, Scotty, Moritan, Julig, Sanford, Tran for UNC. Give me the breakdown. The swing matches ultimately fold in your prediction here as well. well how do you see it unfolding?
1: Well, look, from the perspective of the Buckeyes, it's doubles, one, two, and one other. And (laughs) they didn't look good at six uh, at the kickoff weekend. That looked like to be a vulnerable spot. And I think that does hurt the the match calculus here because I think that is, I would say, is a a vulnerable spot for UNC relative to the strength of of, the uh, invulnerability. Exactly, exactly. so that's how I see it breaking down. I do think they can get doubles. I like that they have Boulay and Allen at, at two doubles. I think they take that match. Um, they've been looking strong. Tough to tough to decide a winner there at one doubles. That feels like a toss up. The whole doubles point is basically a toss up here. But if you if you if Ohio State gets that, I would favor them at one. Man, two is going to be a big hitting matchup. Uh, Boulay's looked really strong. I think the Buckeyes have to get her match. I just don't see where they get their fourth point in singles at the bottom of the of, of the lineup. And I think that's where UNC's depth and strength at that middle of the lineup as well pays off. But I think this is gonna be a, a 4-2-4-3 matchup in favor of UNC. Swing match, Tran Ratliff. Like lock it in. Yeah, six is
0: important too, but we've seen some good stuff from Sydney Ratliff. And I'm not, you know, have we seen Riley Tran play a number three singles match on this stage? Like, yeah, she did it against Michigan. This is an interesting. Like to me, that's the the sneaky swing. Like you're right, six is the
1: obvious one, but I think three is the sneaky swing. Interesting. Um, I would actually say four is the sneaky okay. swing because don't you disrespect my girl. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, oh, I think she should be one. I, I I don't think it's three. I think I would favor Tran okay. in that matchup. Uh, we we've seen Ratliff be up and down. She did not have a good weekend in North Carolina. Um, but I think it's at four and five. I think UNC gets six. Four is Allen versus Crawley. The, and look, by the you way, want... I say Fiona's my girl, and I'm trying to avoid bias here.
0: When I say that, I mean I'm a massive fan of her game, and I think her at four might be the most value position perhaps in the country. That's like that's how good – 23 and four this year. Now, Coley Allen, the senior.
1: You're right. That's interesting, but just to clarify. Yeah. Um, I mean that's – it kind of has to be Contos, Boulet and Allen. Sure. To me, I, I feel like if, if they're if they are going to get this blue blood win, it needs to be Coley Allen giving a performance of of her career. OK, sounds like, though, you're leaning towards the heels. I am. OK, four, three. <sighs> Let's go 4 three. We're going to start off hot. We're going to make the day super long. We'll uh, go four three. Yeah, I like that. Here's what I'll say.
0: There will be an upset on the day. I don't know if it's this one. Oh. Inter- if you're circling them. This is an interesting one. I uh, Certainly of the top four seeds – well, that's actually not true because now I just remembered the scene. I'm just saying circle this one. Definitely join us at 9 a.m. Like blow off that work meeting. Whatever you're doing, trust me. This one will be worthwhile and by the way, I'm sure we'll be focused on that quite a bit but we're also keeping our eye on UVA Florida as well because talk about an interesting matchup between these two teams and of course Florida traditionally a blue blood when it comes to women's college tennis as successful as any program really through that 2014-15 season things start to drop off over the past couple of years but you know Roland and the team they're, they're back here at the national indoors 6-0 and you look for them last week a really good win 4-2 over ODU at home and you know have beaten up on Florida State a couple of times as well But they take on the higher-seeded Virginia team. Virginia, your number 7 seed coming in based off their 6-0 record, perhaps most pertinently the 4-3 win in the kickoff weekend at home over a very young and talented Stanford team. They followed up 5-2 last week over UCF. We'll start with the seed as Team A for Virginia. What's a
1: win look like for this team? What do you expect from them this weekend? Well, I'm excited to see Virginia at the National Indoors. This is the first time they've qualified with Sarah, Coach Sarah O'Leary at the helm. This is the first time we've seen Emma Navarro uh, kind of facing this elite number one competition back-to-back-to-back days outside of the NCAA individual tournament. So excited to see them here. Victories for them, look, it all starts with doubles, right? Can we just be <laughs> like, all of these teams need to get doubles? I don't think Virginia does get doubles here. So I do think it needs to come down to singles. We can talk more about that. You look like you had something to say no, on the doubles side. No, it's interesting because I can
0: tell you Navarro's here, like on the grounds. She's playing this weekend.
1: Well, yeah, And I know that sounds like
0: an obvious thing, but just for some who are wondering because she had – when played a pro event not that long ago and yep. I don't think she, – she didn't play the UCF week match last weekend. And so it's like, right. well, is she here this weekend? Let me just say it. the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Is it because of the strength of Florida in doubles, or is it the uncertainty about UVA?
1: It is. It's much more about the, the strength of gotcha. uh, Florida's doubles. They're undefeated in doubles so yeah. far. Virginia's not. Um, I, I don't Stanford have the numbers. Taking the doubles point. They took in the that doubles point yeah. exactly. Um, so, a uh, Florida looked really good in doubles. They look good in doubles against ODU. They've looked strong there all season. They have a lot of experience across their doubles lineup. Whether it's McCartney Kessler, just. Marley Zine and then the transfers of Shelton and Briggs. So they have strong doubles teams. And I like that experience over, over UVA's who hasn't looked just as strong in doubles. And so then it turns to singles. And I do think if you're Virginia, look, this is going to be the recipe all season, right? You're going to look at that top three of Navarro, Travinsky, and Subosh, who I believe are playing in that order here in Madison you like your chances against Florida and every other team that you'll face. But I think it, I think those are winnable, right? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but in the top of Florida's lineup, McCartney Kessler has looked vulnerable. She did have some good wins this past weekend, particularly over uh, ODU, but she lost against Florida State. So, you know, you, you like Navarro at that matchup and I think it's very possible that they get two and three in a fairly straightforward manner and then the question becomes four through six.
0: Yeah. No, it's – look, this Florida team has played very well to start the season. They had a very solid fall. Kessler didn't play great last weekend, one and one, I believe, overall. Though, again, credit to uh, ODU. I forget if it was Sassus Sky or Startup Sava who plays at that number once, but I think it was Startup Sava. Correct. Um, yeah, and see – I still got it. I'm ready for this weekend. And by the way, this is the other reason I love doing this podcast with you, Jay. There is no better primer to get ready for the broadcast than doing this (laughs) exercise. And so I love you, my friend. Um, That was not a sound effect. That was a real blown kiss from me to Jay. You're going to get to see that on the broadcast. Um, Anyways, yeah, look, this UVA team, you mentioned it navarro subash we know what they are to get subash at three huh, like you feel about as good as that about yep. Crowley at four and anything else in the country Travinsky's proven she's got it thus far and now comes the real test but thus far she's passed all the tests she's been asked to pass yep. let's talk about it from the florida side this team yes they are in a really impressive win over odu they've beaten florida state neither of those teams are top 10 with all due respect to ODU, and yep. you know whatever's going on with Florida State, show for a different time. Um,
1: what do we know about this Florida team? What is what does a good weekend for them look like? Well, I think a good weekend starts with the success at doubles and the success of their transfer additions, Emma Shelton and Carly Briggs, both who are undefeated to start the year, who are playing at the four and five spots. You like that experience, particularly Carly Briggs down at five. That's going to be a really good spot for them. And I think that's what matches up well here with Virginia, right? We talked about the strength of Virginia's lineup at the top, Florida, you know, you like it four and five. And so this is a tough one to call because I like Virginia at the top of the lineup. I like Florida at four and five. So it's going to be a close one. Uh, You know, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what sort of weekend McCartney Kessler and Marley Zine have Um, Mm -hmm. both very experienced, been at Florida for, for many years and, you know, good opportunity for them to step up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you mentioned
0: right away uh, the lineups there. Just want to run through them again as we get you the matchups and what to expect for Virginia here this weekend. Navarro 1, Travinsky 2, Subash 3, Munera 4, Odell 5, Ziadato 6. You look uh, for their opponents in Florida tomorrow. They're going Kessler 1, D- uh, Dudney 2, Zane 3, Shelton 4, Briggs 5, speed six although we've seen them play berlin pretty frequently throughout the course uh, of the season you know it'll be interesting matchup dependent who acclimates better indoors that's something to watch for match calculus pick give it to me jay
1: so i think florida gets the doubles point and i think virginia takes singles at one two three and six interesting they've been able to find that fourth victory when they needed to right they found it against um Stanford and Munera at number four. They also got wins uh, at the bottom of the lineup against UCF. So it's not the strength of, of their lineup, but I think six has been a vulnerable position for Florida as well. I think they're much stronger kind of in that three, four, five range. So I favor Virginia. I think Emma Navarro is going to take this team a long way this season, as well as some of their other players. So I like Virginia to take this one. They've played more indoor tennis. I think they're also a little bit more callous to start the season, right? They've had – they beat UCF without Navarro. They've had players get those opportunities. So I like Navarro. I like UVA in a in a 4-2 battle here. I think that's an interesting play. I always like the drop doubles,
0: point-take-four singles. I think the swing matches are in doubles. Like I couldn't agree with you more. And Navarro Odell, uh, at that number one spot, taking on who is it? It's Briggs and uh Briggs and Zane for Florida at number one. That's an interesting one. You probably favor Dudney and Spee at two if you're Florida. Kessler Shelton uh at three versus Munera Shake is gonna be interesting. <sighs> Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really good. Like That's all I can say when I look at this is, yeah, up and down the lineup. It should be an extraordinary match. With that in mind, let's move on now to the allegedly – 12-30 12-30 matches. Of course, they never end up quite happening on time. Of course, this is the bottom half of the right side of the draw, uh, where we have our number three seed. We'll start out with the University of Georgia, and we talked about this uh, during our instant reactions to the tournament. Three feels a little high for Georgia. Now, certainly, it feels like they have a lot of respect amongst the coaches, poll. and no one can blame Georgia for the fact that their match against UNC got canceled due to COVID, but... You can't say this Georgia team has played two matches this yeah. season, Jay. Two matches. Now they won them both, 5-0 over North Florida, 4-1 over Mississippi State. Two matches though,
1: Jay. Two matches. Like what do we know about this Georgia team? We know n- next to nothing. <laughs> um, I mean particularly given that their t- two of their top three are going to be freshmen. Um, one freshman who we didn't see in the fall, right? She was a, a January addition. So, you know – we don't know much, right? We only know the returners and Leah Ma, who I believe is going to be at one and then Morgan Kopic and Meg Kowalski, who will be down there at the bottom of the lineup. Other than that, it's either freshmen or players like Anya Hertel who have been on the roster, but we really haven't seen much of in singles. So, you know, on my article at No Ad No Problem, which you can read, um, I, I write about upset alert and this is one I have on upset alert. I think it's going to be a a sneaky, interesting match. I think what's a big question for me is this could just as easily be a dogfight, double pun intended, or (laughs) a just, like, complete blowout. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean... Look, we know a lot of the faces for Georgia and you look for
0: them, who they bring to the tournament this week, whether it's, you know, uh, Liam Ma at that number one single spot now, but certainly so much success to start her college career. I mean, you got Kowalski lined up at six. You feel pretty good about that. Morgan Kopic didn't finish many matches last season, but always seems to be in a winning position or has never been the loss in her lineup. And then, yeah, again, the freshman and the new addition, Turtle and uh, Vinovinova and, you know, Riasco, It's just hard to know exactly what to expect out of them at this point because, again, we've only seen Georgia compete in two matches. Now, of course, Georgia – I don't know. Like they are one of the most fascinating teams. They are by every definition. They are the bluest of the bloods. Like come on now. We're coming off of the Jokic era and obviously you look for Coach Jeff Wallace, the success they have had constantly uh, down in Athens. This team typically performs well, typically succeeds here at the national indoors, and they'll be plenty comfortable playing indoor tennis despite being an SEC school. You know, that said, you're right from a callous perspective. I mean, forget the Washington 4 3 victory over UCLA. How about the 4 3 victory over Denver the day before? And, you know, again, the four matches they've played outside of that have been pretty comfortable. But this is a Washington team not that far removed from being top 10. A lot of injured players from last season are players who just weren't able to get into the lineup now eligible and back in action. And obviously, we know what Vanessa Wong's capable of at the number one spot as well. Yes, it was an upset 6-0, and and I would say their win over UCLA has depreciated probably in value just given everything we've seen the Bruins go through to start this season. That said...
1: They're 6-0. And like this team competes. Yeah. And you just feel like, you know, that win over UCLA in LA for the first time in program history, they are going to want to carry that momentum and prove to everybody that they belong on the national stage, right? They probably feel like their momentum was slowed down with COVID after the successful 2019 that they had. This is their chance to prove it. And they've got a great shot against a team that is untested, unproven. And on the flip side, Washington, as you mentioned, has a lot of experience there, right, at the top of the lineup and throughout. So, look, this is Washington's chance, I would say, to, you know, surprise um, these Georgia players who are not familiar yet with a lot of the collegiate dual season, certainly not familiar with indoors. And, you know, this is a great opportunity for Washington.
0: Can I explain why I'm crushed? Washington is in both the men's and women's draws for the national indoors. Why yeah, crushed? You, you like that tease? Because Coach Stevenson sent me maybe my favorite long sleeve to date. And I can't wear it when I'm running because, like, I can't have people thinking I'm in Washington colors, And so I'm, like, crushed. I don't get to wear it the next two weeks while I'm here in this hotel working out because <laughs> I can't have people think I'm biased. Like, yeah, you see, that's the spin there. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I – um. I am all in. Like I agree. I think Coach Stevenson has this team headed in the right direction. You can just tell by the way they competed and the fact that they looked at the four three at Denver and they put it behind them as they head into that UCLA match and they took the doubles there and just you know this is a team that will have played a lot of indoor tennis uh, over the past few weeks. Even though they didn't end up playing Baylor, even though you know again they the uh, air they, they cancel that match, whatever the terminology is, to in preparation for this one. Still, that said, like, I'm excited to see these two teams compete. And again, you look for Washington here. For those unfamiliar with the members of their lineup up and down the board, you have Vanessa Wong at the number one spot, Sarah Mod Fortin at number two, Nika Zupin- uh, excuse me, at number three, Hikaru Sato at four, Astrid Olson over from Pepperdine at five, Tara Chilton at six. Match calculus, matchups, Give it to me, Jay. You're not sure which way it's going to go. What are
1: you going with? <laughs> well, I'll be curious to see if Astrid Olsen plays. I think she's been pulled a few times from the lineup. Um, but otherwise, that's kind of the same lineup, in or at least in order that they played against UCLA. So for me, again, it starts with doubles. I think this is a great opportunity for Washington, who has proven that they can play doubles, right? They took the doubles point from UCLA. And I think it's a good opportunity to take advantage of what could very well be a fairly shell-shocked, Georgia team, young, untested. And so you have to take advantage of that. And then I think from a match calculus perspective in singles, I think I've been most impressed from a strength perspective with Washington at one, three, and four. Okay. I think I, I think that also matches up well with uh with Georgia. I think Lee, I think Vanessa Wong can take out Liam Ma at one. I think Zupancic looked really good against Vagramov at UCLA. And I like uh, Zupin we just and Chich, uh, Zupin Chich, excuse me, it, yeah, very, very good at that number three spot. Very, and I believe, and that's where Vidmanova is playing for Georgia, yeah. right? So, like, if you're looking at that lineup, you're like, we got to take this match. Who knows who she could be a world beater. I don't know, but at least looking at it prior to seeing her play, you know, that's one you want to take. And then, it, you know, at, at at two or four, I think you can um, get a win again for against Mel Riasco. She did look really good in the fall. But again, you just don't know how these players are going to perform in indoors. I do like Georgia at the bottom of the lineup. Kopit Kowalski. Those are just such known quantities. I think they'll be impressive there. Ultimately, I have to lean Georgia, even though it's a little bit on faith that they get through this one. Um, But I think I'm looking and I'm excited for Washington to put up a fight here. John Parsons, king of the upset, has yet to pick an
0: upset. That means I know the one you've circled as an upset already. Interesting. That's just interesting. I always like to, you know, again, if you're saying which way is Vegas leaning, right now you're (laughs) playing the role
1: of Vegas, Jay. So that's interesting. I will say this is... My second seed on – so I have three seeds on upset alert that you can read at at, at no at no problem. Georgia versus Washington is number two. That's what we call a tease in the business, folks.
0: Love to hear it. All right. Well, let's talk about a team I know you don't have on upset alert. It's your number six seed, NC State, who one could justifiably argue given the success they've already had this season may be a bit underseeded at number six. And by the way, I think you could flip NC State the three, Georgia the six. I don't think a single coach would blink an eye. They'd say, yeah, that feels about right. Of course, you look for this NC State team, 8-0 overall on the year, 4-3 over Ohio State, 4-3 over Princeton. I don't know what to make of that Princeton win now, but 4-3 over Princeton, of course, looked great. Don't drop a point. 4-0 Penn State, 4-0 Wake Forest on the kickoff weekend, 5-2 at Tennessee, 7-0 against South Carolina. This team will be plenty comfortable playing indoors. You know, there are a lot of familiar faces despite no Alana Smith. And, you know, you look for this uh, this team just, again, a lot of familiar faces to the college tennis world. A lot of players who have played a lot of college tennis matches, whether it be obviously Jada Daniel at the top or, you know, Abigail Ranchelli, Nell Miller, Sophie Abrams, you know, Amelia, oh, well, I guess for Jackie, a little bit on the younger side. But, you know, these players been around the block and, you know, it is worth noting NC State did not make the national indoor finals last year. But this is a team fresh off of an NCAA semifinal run, and I do think there's some carryover effect from having much of the core back from that run or just players on the roster who will be amped for this moment. They obviously though take on a, a very much, you know, new blood sort of team in the Auburn Tigers, who, hey, fourteen nine last year, NCAA second round, they bring back pretty much everyone this season. And you look for the Tigers thus far, undefeated, seven and zero and you know, four three win over Furman, four three win over Arizona State, where they dropped four first sets and singles and end up flipping all of those matches for their four points to get the wins, one through four and you know, four oh UCF, five two Georgia Tech, seven oh Clemson an experienced team that hasn't played on this stage but have played a lot of matches together you know more so perhaps even than this nc state nucleus interesting certainly interesting strength of schedule you give the bump to nc state
1: let's start with them what is you know what do you expect from them this weekend what does a win look like in this match yeah, I'm super excited for this match. It's one of the more interesting first rounds for me, um, you know, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. One, just to see Auburn's toughest test here. Going to be really fascinating to see how they perform. You know, NC State comes into this match probably the most calloused team, I would say, right? That's fair. Of, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for NC state what has been most impressive to me has been how dominant they've been in doubles so they haven't lost a doubles point but they've only lost one doubles match there's something like 16 and 1 in in doubles matches so you know you have to lean it might be the biggest upset on the week if auburn takes uh nc state in doubles uh, auburn has been okay in doubles they have lost a few doubles points so you lean really heavily nc state in doubles um, that's a credit to the program to be don't able you
0: to- love when head coach simon earnshaw goes well we play a system and he's always just like well we have
1: a system everyone knows our system i'm like i love you simon <laughs> he's like he's like anyone will tell you what that system is but so going to beat you i won't (laughs) tell you the system right um so the system is working and you know you have to like them in doubles and i'm interested to see kind of the top three top three uh you know here because i think that's somewhat of the strength of auburn's lineup particularly two and three with arsenal and ansari you know ultimately You know, I think NC State is looking for wins at the bottom of the lineup that has looked pretty impressive to date. I would say they like doubles. They like probably going to get one victory at the top three wherever it comes. Um, But I think they're probably going to clean up quicker at the bottom of the lineup. So I think we're going to see a lot of unfinishes towards the top.
0: Yeah, and of course, again, you look at this Auburn lineup. For those of you unfamiliar with the faces, Celine Ovunk uh, at that number one, Ariana Arsenal at two, Caroline Ansari, three, Adeline Flack, four, Georgie Axen five. Uh, of course, Yu Chen at that sixth spot. I mean, you, you sort of broke it down for me there, but give me the formal match calculus, swing matches, who you got in this one. I mean, because I know we haven't talked about what the Auburn win looks like, but I think this will be helpful in doing that. Auburn is going to be pretty competitive across the board. They're pretty good relative to like scale and position in the country everywhere. Like they're not outstanding at one, but they've got a top 50 player. They're not outstanding at two
1: top 75 player, like pretty good everywhere. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. It's one of those teams that you look, you go, well, they're going to be competitive at every single one of these Mm -hmm. positions. You just probably like NC State at every single one of these positions. And so uh, where they come, you probably assume that where these teams start to divide themselves is at the bottom of the lineup, um, which honestly I think is a good thing for NC State. For those unfamiliar with the NC State court setup, they only have four indoor courts. So there have been a lot of matches where either they don't get to play, you know, the five and six matches or they play them, but they're under, you know, the match has already been clinched or whatever. So I think this is a great opportunity for, players at the bottom of the NC state lineup to kind of show what they're capable of, because I think that has that story hasn't been told as much as it has how incredible it's been that Jada Daniel and Abigail Ranchali have moved from four and five up to one and two, but ultimately I don't think Auburn likes their chances in doubles. So I think they're going to look to strike at the top of the lineup, which they've looked strong at, but I just think to your point, NC State is probably a little bit better at every position. It's one of those, anything you can do, I can do
0: better. (laughs) Like, it's like one of those little things where, again, for a lot of, like, I would love to see Auburn match up with USC. Like, I think that would be just from a contrast standpoint. And again, you know, what the two teams do well, two teams, very different places. um, That would be a fun one to me. I want to see – you're right. I just think NC State a little bit too much everywhere. But again, don't sell this Auburn team short because they are experienced and they are good everywhere. So they'll hang. It's just to your point, NC State coming in as calloused as any team in the country. With that in mind, we now move to our – I want to say 330 matches. I don't – you know, at that point, I mean, we will just not ne- be on our schedule. On. Yeah. Our third batch of matches. There, there we go. go, and that, of course, is the bottom left quadrant. A uh, quadrant, excuse me, quadrant quadrant of the draw, it's where the four and five seeds sit. And let's start with our number four seed here in the Cal Bears, who obviously coming into this tournament – or coming into this week, excuse me, a thought, is this a team that you could argue could be the number one seed given they might have the most impressive win in the season in their victory over Pepperdine in you know one of the opening weekends of the year? But now we look at this Cal team – And do we take a pause? Like what do we do here now when you look for Cal? Obviously, you know, still extraordinarily talented, extraordinarily young, but coming off of a loss indoors where respectfully, they just got outplayed in singles by the Michigan Wolverines and Michigan ultimately, you know, taking the match, earning the victory 5-2 overall in Ann Arbor. You know, perhaps the scariest thing, if you're the Bears, you took the doubles point. Yeah. You got an zero one win from Katja Weir's home. Haley Giovara, and uh, Ivanova. Who I've, I'm sorry, I'm blanking out on the first name here. You know, Valentin. you win for yeah, Valentin. Thank you. You earn first sets at one and two singles, and you're feeling pretty good. And then all of a sudden, Michigan just outcompetes you down the home stretch, and Kari Miller just. Worked Haley Giavar just again. And when I say worked, I don't mean like blew her out. I mean side to side, corner to corner, just again, wore her down physically and just, you know, again. Welcome to indoor tennis where you can track down any single ball that is out there and just, you know, you wonder if if Givaro's got these massive weapons that was, you know, just interesting to see. And, you know, again, everywhere else in the lineup, Julia Fligner, a freshman for Michigan at six singles, she gets a victory. And, you know, again, it was that heart of the lineup that's going to make or break teams here this weekend. Cal struggled in, in, you know, at, at the top of the lineup throughout the course of the of the weekend – or throughout the course of the match against Michigan. Excuse me. Now at the same time, how can you deny what they did against Pepperdine? Like I don't care that Patrick Oliva didn't play for Pepperdine. They went out and they took it to the Pepperdine Waves who, if you listen to us here at Cracked Rackets, were our unequivocal preseason number one team. Of course, you look for this Cal team now. They take on an unseeded Texas A&M team. And that is essentially everything Cal is not. They're extraordinarily experienced. It's a ton of familiar faces. People we have seen before. We know Makarova. We know Goldsmith. We're starting to get to know Brandstein, and we know what she could have been. finally starting to see her, you know, line up in these matches. And you know, your look for this team for Texas A&M hasn't been the toughest schedule, but they have played nine matches already this season, and that's just again. That's a lot of match play toughness. That's again a team that's feeling pretty confident about itself when you look overall. And you know, I believe they've dropped two points. You know, one against Princeton, one against SMU in their nine victories. That's it. This is a battle. You know, a team coming in extraordinarily confident versus a team that just got shook. Both are immensely talented. Floor is yours, Jay. Let's start
1: with Cal, I guess. Tell me what the how you're feeling if you're a Cal fan well it's tough because on the heels of that victory of that loss to Michigan you kind of want to say i need to see one more <laughs> right like how much of this is like you have players who haven't played indoors in 2 years right and they're getting adjusted to the to what that looks like and what that indoor tennis is you just don't know and so unfortunately for them they come up against one of the tougher unseeded opponents in Texas A&M now the one benefit here if you're cal is Texas A&M doesn't have indoor courts, right? So they're not exactly a Michigan. Um, So, you know, I don't really know what to make of that loss to Michigan. Certainly the manner in which they lost it was a little disheartening if if you are Cal. But look, you have to just remind yourself that, you know, they took it to Pepperdine in Malibu. And if they're able to do that, like they can have success. And they're a very talented team. If you are Cal, you know, I don't know where the the doubles looks a little shaky to me, even though they did take it against Michigan, it hasn't looked super solid. And I think the hard part is Texas A&M's doubles on the flip side is extremely strong, right? They have the duo of Goldsmith and Makarova, who I don't know the latest rankings, but like they're in the top five yeah. um, of kind of best double teams in the countries. And they just have so much talent within doubles. So that's going to be tough. And I think, Cal is going to need to do to Texas A&M what Michigan did to Cal, and that is show dominance in singles. I think they're going to really like Katja weir who has just looked phenomenal out of the gates this season. She has been your freshman of the year thus far. It's <laughs> yeah. very early, and, like, no
0: disrespect to... Uh, to uh, Oh, my God, I'm br- I'm blanking right here. This is what happens when we don't have Stanford. Connie, Connie Ma, Ma in the draw. Like, oh, no disrespect to Sarah her. Sarah Hamner. Or her, but, like... <laughs> I'm talking about January on, like, oh my god,
1: Kasia Weir's home looks incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. you like her at five, <laughs> regardless yeah, exactly, of, of exactly. who she plays. So like, okay, we've got one. Um, the I can't inter- believe I forgot Hamner was... That's- <laughs> All right, I need to go to bed. Go on. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Giavaro is going to be interesting. She certainly has the power. I think her, the what do you want to call it, How, her loopy strokes are a little bit sure. difficult indoors if she gets rushed. So you know, Cal strength for me is sort of in that three, four, five range, six as well. And so I think they can match up well with A&M because I think that top four for A&M is very strong. And then you have some freshmen slotting in there at uh, five and six as well. So look, I think they're going to have to ride the success of singles. I think they're going to have to come back. Um, and I think they're it's going to be a tough task. This is my number one pick on uh, – Matches to circle for seeds on upset alert.
0: So you take in Texas a and match calculus, break it down for me, Jay.
1: Yeah, I mean, Texas a and on the other side, right? You give them doubles, right? They take doubles. Uh, I don't think you need to make a pick on Brandsting, Giovara. You know, Bransting is one of the probably one of the more experienced indoors players having trained so much in Canada. But look, if you have Makarova at two, they've got Stoyana at three, Goldsmith at four. You're probably liking... The fact that Goldsmith doesn't have to match up with, with Weirsholm, so you're liking doubles, I'd give him two, I'd give him four, and I think they can get one more. Mm-hmm. Um, and worth noting,
0: Weirsholm is still at number five for this team. Yep. Now, Sola, Rosenquist, you know, even Hannah, Villa, Moeller at number six, they've been really good. The depth for Cal, like, they do have options everywhere. Yeah, who's playing I- six for A&M? Uh, I believe lined up, let's see, four number six Morales. Texas AM right now is in no, it's uh it's Morales, you are correct. Jeanette Morales is at okay. the number six. And it was thirteen and five overall on the year, seven and one dual match record. That's gonna be a fun matchup at six, but you're right, like I do think Branstein Makarova, you know, against Pepperdine, Cal lost the top two. Against Michigan, Cal lost the top two. Branstein and Makarova are the type of team you'll lose the top two to. And, Two, 2 Hey, great shot. Um, yeah, A&M is very, very talented. That's why this is an upset alert. But I, I guess my point would be, you know, again, as good as Goldsmith and uh, Gian Pile and Morales are, like, Cal's got some talent. There's a reason they were able to pull off that upset against Pepperdine and to have a recipe of, well, we'll take the top two. That's just never what you want. And I'm not saying that is the recipe for Texas A&M, but
1: uh, I mean, it's it's got 4-3 written all over it, Jay. Yeah, it does. And I think, like, you know, that's why I mentioned uh, it's good that Goldsmith isn't matched up against Weirshom because then you feel like less of a lock there. It neutralizes it, yeah. Exactly. And, like, PLA hasn't looked as strong as I expected to start the season. So, look, you you give that one to Cal. Um, And I know it's not a recipe that you like when you have to take one and two, but I think they can, right? I mean, Branstein I think, is still getting into form. I mean, she'll like indoors tennis much better than she would outdoors. But that's going to be a big hitting match. Again, I like Makarova too. Um, I like Goldsmith at four. I like doubles. And the only and the only one I like, Callan, like uh, just straight up, is five.
0: Fair. I'll take it. All right. Well, then with all of that said, let's move on to our next allegedly 330 match. Pepperdine taking on Old Dominion. This is going to be a really fun one as well because certainly Old Dominion's played the tougher schedule. And you look for them 3-2 and two overall. What a fun 3-2 and two it's been. <laughs> 7-0 win over Penn State, who I thought looked pretty good at the kickoff weekend. Absolutely. Four three over Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. Four three over Ole Miss in the kickoff weekend. Then a four two loss at Florida. Four three loss at Miami last weekend. Coming into this, there's just an energy around that team, and I got to watch them practice today. And I know I'm a bit biased here, um, having just had Dominilla, their head coach, on the show. He's been far too kind to us here at Crack Rackets. They're a fun team. They're they're loose, is what I'm trying to say. Watching them at practice, this is a team just swinging for the fences and Mm. having fun and knowing how good they are, but knowing this is the litmus test. Like we know, there's still a huge effort to go through throughout the course of this season. This is the weekend where we have fun. We see we swing freely. We see how they can compete. Obviously, they get the t- test of tests in our preseason number one team, Pepperdine Waves, who, you know, since dropping that match for 3 2 Cal, have, you know, since beaten Columbia 4 0, beaten Notre Dame 4 0, 5 2 win over UCLA as well at home. You know, they've played around with their lineup. And let's start with the UCLA side Fakuda, Czar, Flores, Pashkaleva, Chen, and Brodus. That's their one through six singles. So again, Fakuda up to the number one spot. Patch at four. Last year's NCAA semifinalist Janice Chen at five. Savannah Brodus Star Freshman at six. It's our Flores one doubles. Brodus Chen two doubles. Fakuda Kane three doubles. Where are you with the waves? I don't e again, they are a team I need to see tested this weekend.
1: Yeah, and they will be, right? Right out of yeah. the gates. Um you know i For whatever reason, I'm feeling like they're going to show us some of that form we thought they would enter the season in. And not to say they have looked bad by any means, but I think, you know, that Cal loss was certainly surprising. Uh, They've looked surprisingly good in doubles. Uh, You know, those teams have played well together. And for Pepperdine teams of the past, that's kind of been the Achilles heel. So it's nice to see them, them firing, obviously having the addition of Vicky Flores, who's such a talented doubles player, former number one. So they've looked good. I think Vicky Flores in singles has struggled, right? And she's struggled to start the year. I think she will feel much more comfortable indoors. So I'm I've I have seen many of uh impressive Vicky Flores uh performances in at this tournament. So I think that will be maybe helpful to kind of launch her final season to be a little bit more successful. Ultimately, this team is just so solid at every position if anything when we were first talking we were saying like oh well maybe they don't have like an elite number one how about Fukuda right Fukuda knocking off Abby Forbes you know she's had a ton of success so ultimately at every single position you feel strong I think the two vulnerable spots have been Flores Chen and then I would say Brodus Um, But you feel pretty good about Patch Patrikaleva, and Fukuda.
0: But, of course, Brodus just earned an 0-1 victory against UCLA. Something crazy like that. And you're like, do you feel bad about Brodus anymore? She finally finding her sea legs. Like, I would agree with your assessment on principle. And, by the way, for this old Dominion team – Startup Save at one, Sasan Sky at two. They've proven they can compete with, and you know Startup Save this year four and one has proven she can beat anyone in the country. That is not a gimme for Facuta, not a gimme for Czar. LC, uh, L, uh, um, Alcade, excuse me, for uh, for ODU at number three it has been good. Yeah, in, sneaky in good. Viktorovich in is maybe my favorite player, like a sneaky good player in the lineup at four, 12 and six overall, four and one at the year at four. She has just taken good victories throughout yeah. the course of the year. She's playing someone in Patch Clave, who's still trying to find her 2022 C legs as well. Laid it, you know, didn't make it over. Uh, didn't get to play a full fall with this team at the same time, like. I mean Chen and Brodus, you just <laughs> – Janice Chen in, on paper at five, you're just like huh, – huh. <laughs> like, it's just like come on. What are we yeah. doing here? Um, yeah, you, you feel really good about this team. Like Again, there are a couple – you feel like Fakuda and Imatchkin at three doubles should never lose ever. Uh, for this Pepperdine lineup and just, again, they're another team. They feel a very North carolina last year where it's just kind of like throw the name in the hat, throw the teams together, throw the talent out there. We'll figure out how to play the tennis later. That's how good this Pepperdine fe- team feels in a year where there's just depth and talent everywhere. And, you know, it's the most frequent joke I'm going to say it before other people. It's a big recruiting trip for Pear and Pete as they try to figure out who to fill out the roster with moving forward. Give me the calculus. Give me the breakdown. I mean, again, we've talked so much about this ODU team. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Go to either of our first two shows to t- hear about their efforts and just the strength of this roster. Startup Save Us, S. top five doubles team in the country. Number They're one this week. 20 and three overall. Number one team in the country. Exactly. And so. You know again, you feel pretty good about them at one, and hey, all you got to do is find one more. Certainly, you feel like you have to take single and in doubles. I'm saying it feels like you got to take a doubles
1: point against Pepperdine, yeah. Match calculus, give it to me all. Who you got? Yeah, the hard part with ODU is they just haven't been able to find that additional doubles point. They found it sometimes, but like in general, right? They haven't been dominant there. They tried against Miami, they actually split up Starboard Seva and Sasnaskaya, that did not go well. Um, so Yeah, you like them at one. I don't know where the victory comes at two and three, but I think my big takeaway on ODU from their Florida swing was this is not just a team that has good players at one and two, right? This team does have depth. They proved that against Florida, against Miami, some of those players that you mentioned. The hard part is, so does Pepperdine. So I think if you are ODU, you gotta get doubles. You gotta get doubles. It starts there. You got to get one of those top two. Fukuda has looked so good; she's so good indoors. That's a tough ass. Lisa Czar has hardly lost a match, um, but maybe you can overpower her indoors. That's you know. And then I think you look at Flores Chen; those are two that you probably need to get. It's just tough. I mean, you don't favor yourself in any of these singles <laughs>
0: matches. It's going to be brutal, no doubt about that. Um, so you know, again, we'll we'll get to see. That's a three thirty match. Certainly, one I will be watching closely. A, does Pepperdine flex their muscles? B, I'm just telling you, ODU swinging freely, they're not going down four zero. And if 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 Pepperdine beats them four zero, Pepperdine is that good. And like, watch them this tournament because I do. That's how how confident I am that so do you team's going to fight extraordinarily well. With that in mind, let's move on to our evening session. We'll talk now about the top seeds here, defending NCAA champion Texas Longhorns. So I also wanted to lock in on their practice today, a because I walked in, and I got a nice shoulder rub right away from Howard Jaffe. who goes, "Oh, good to see you, Alex," or whatever the offer whatever the accent was. Versus Pete Billingham, who's like, "It's over between us." He's like, "It's over seven He's like, "We're done." Um, and but of course, I've, I mean, I've known Pete since I was 18 years old. Anyways. Um, you look for this Texas team 5-0. and And, you know, first test, play Baylor, 4-2 victory there. We talked about it on last week's Deciding Point. Good, not great performance for the Longhorns. They face the team of the first six months of the 2021-22 college tennis season in USC, who 4-3 over Miami, 4-3 over Baylor just to get to this national indoor weekend. Now, they were supposed to play San Diego last weekend. That got postponed. I can tell you, I saw them in person. Aaron Cayetano is here. Salma Ewing is here. Snow Han is here. Looks like they're going to have the full roster if you're the Trojans. And, I mean, you got the number one player in the country, right, in Cayetana. You've got Ewing, who has proven she's a top 25 sort of player. And, you know, again, you have a Danielle Wilson, who clinches that my uh, Miami match for you at number six singles. You've got the talented freshman in Piper and Mora in the lineup as well. And, you know, you look for the Trojans in the lineup they submitted here in kickoff weekend. They've actually got Leighton Games uh, lined up at the number four singles spot. Now, whether we see her play or not, that remains to be seen. You know, you look for gains. I believe it's zero and one here on the year at the number three season, uh, singles position, six and ten overall on the year. She's the honorary Tim Siebert Award winner, I suppose thus far here through the 2022 National Indoors. But this USC team's got talent. Yeah, Texas, you know some of the faces. Stearns at one, and you know for them, uh, Kylie Collins two, Tapan, three. You know what you're getting there. New faces after that, Zinilova, four, arutski five, Zemaripa, six. I mean, will we see Rapaloo in action? Saw her practicing today. She seems ready to go. And again, this Texas team is, came as close as humanly possible to winning a national indoor last season without actually winning it. There's always the world where the, the NCAA champ from last year rides that confidence, that momentum, and they just kind of win that title, and it just kind of just happens. When you bring back a nucleus like this and there's a lot of unproven teams early in the season, like we've seen that cohesion, that strength propel teams. I think Wake Forest 2019 men's indoors where Petros, Barr, and Borno were like, hey, we want to make the finals, right? All right, let's make the finals, guys. Like, don't worry. We'll find one in the other matches. This Texas team could do that. Like that's the sort of talent they have as well. This I'm really excited to see. If they beat the Trojans 4-0, you take
1: notice. But USC is really damn good. So many interesting points there. I, I don't know if we have seen like the NCAA winner on the women's side come through well, um, on the indoors Stanford year? not play? Well, they started to play in recent years, but yeah. And then, how often does UNC not win the NCAA? <laughs> um, <so Dianne laughs> there you go. The same, my um, so that's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, look, this is interesting, and this was kind of a, a shock when I first opened the draw. I was, I was like, all right, we're going to see Texas, Wisconsin. I was like, whoa, uh, Texas SC. Um, that's interesting. Uh, this is this is an interesting matchup, and we actually have a, a data point in Baylor, right? A shared mm-hmm. opponent that they both recently played. Transitive property doesn't exactly work, um, but similar teams in terms of known quantities, somewhat known quantities of the top three of the lineup and then some freshmen down at, at four and five. This is a match that USC would much rather play outdoors, particularly that cayetano Peyton Stearns matchup. That's a matchup Cayetano would love to play outdoors. But we get a repeat of Salma Ewing and Kylie Collins at number two. Ewing knocked off Collins at the ITA Fall National Indoors. The big question mark for me is going to be Shavathapan. She dropped her match to Baylor, something none of USC's top three did when they played Baylor in the kickoff weekend. And then, look, it's going to be a question of whose freshmen are better, right? We're going to see freshmen at both four and five for both schools. You probably lean Texas with kind of the the pedigree of Zainalova and of Rutsky. but look, that's a lot of pressure to join an NCAA defending champion team indoors. Was their one loss all year last year? That's a lot of pressure for these freshmen and you got to feel like the USC freshmen probably don't feel that pressure, right? They're not coming in here as defending national champions that, the team didn't even play indoors last year, so that's what I'm I'm watching for. Kind of what do we see at four and five? I think those are going to be tell us a lot about the strength of these respective teams.
0: Yeah, and I think we've broken down what is an A win le- win look like. I think you know for USC starts with Cayetano, starts with Ewing up yep. top. You feel like they got to take those two, and then we find two more, whether it be doubles or Wilson or Piper or whomever it may be. Give me the match calculus, the swing matches you're watching most closely, and then, of course, ultimately, who you got in this one, Jay? So I think this one is tough because I just think the – There are a lot of swing matches like Stearns, Cayetano, hello, uh, Collins versus Ewing. Didn't we see that at the fall mats? I
1: just said that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. No, uh, yes, you're right. I, you're right. You caught me. But it's mostly just like, didn't I call that match at the fall match? That's really what I'm saying yes. there. It's like, didn't I call that match? I you like, were on the it call. Now. It was exactly. like the first
1: round match. Um, yeah. uh, look, I mean, this USC team match calculus is a narrow path against Texas. It's a narrow path against a lot of teams. It's doubles, one, two, and three. And if you lose one of top three – you're looking for one more victories, which they were able to find. I think at Wilson's week. the
0: margin of, margin of error. By the way, I think in this match to have the senior at six, just versus
1: freshman, that's it, probably right. So that's why I think we'll see Rapalou play here at six. Um, I like that. I do not think we will see Zamaripa play at six. I think for that reason in particular. Um, but I think that is the match, right? You you know, Daniel Wilson versus Rapalou. That's a, that's a tough. Tough task. Um, but that's that is the path to victory. If they drop doubles, those are the four that they probably need to find. But look, I mean, we haven't seen Zanilova or Vrutsky play a ton. And again, there's a lot of pressure for them, those freshmen going into the matches. Ultimately, I think Texas goes through just because they can. They get on the board in all seven slots. I'm not sure that that's the case for USC. Well, I think that's why this
0: might be quietly the perfect first round match for head coach Howard Jaffe because you know Stearns, Collins, Shavatapan, they're all going to get tested and you need your freshmen to deliver right away. And they're going to be in advantage- advantageous positions, excuse me, to do so. Um, but, like, you know, Sloan Mora versus Zinalova. I don't know what that match is going to look like. Uvrutsky versus Piper, who I thought looked really good during the kickoff weekend. That's no sure thing for Texas either. Trojans are going to play them tough. Now, the thing is, can USC take two of the top three? That's a really tough ask against Texas, but they need to do it. I do think, you know, again, it's just got to be two of the top three because everywhere else, there's a lot of unknowns. I do think Texas gets the doubles point. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, Again, I, I, I don't see a world in any scenario where it's 4 0. Like, I just don't see that happening. I see a bunch of three set matches in this
1: one. top seats are going to get pushed. Ultimately, who are you going with? I'm going with Texas. Okay. You know, I, I do think there's a world where we learn a lot about these Texas freshmen at four and five, and they step up and kind of give us some straight set victories here. Ultimately, I think those top three is, you know, USC has to take like all three in my opinion and that's just tough you know I'd probably bet on Ewing over Collins (laughs) Shavathpon's coming off a loss at Baylor that's not good Um, and you know you you don't know what you're going to get with Stearns and Cayetano's a gamer so it should be a really good one though
0: no, it's going to be really, really fun, and then of course it's going to be matched on what should be a really fun environment. Because I'll tell you what, in 2020, when Wisconsin men hosted uh, their matchup, you know it was a filled house and it was sold out crowd, and you know they got worked pretty quickly in that match. I believe it was a decisive 4-0 victory. I can't even remember who they played at this point. That's how. Let me think. 2019, would they have played Texas? And Texas would have just steamrolled them. Was Texas the number one seed uh, at the 2020 national? Indoors. Who remember? I, you know, at this point, who can even recall those sorts of things? I'm pretty sure it wasn't North Carolina. I can tell you that much. And I don't think it was USC either. It might have been USC, actually. Who ruled them? Anyways, point being, you look or Florida might have been Florida. Anyways, you look. We used to have a joke. This is why it's upsetting me because we had a joke of like after the 20 ncaa tournament, like congratulations, you've earned the right to go play Florida uh, to go play Wisconsin. Um, anyways. That crowd, though, was incredible, and the energy they brought, it was quite the atmosphere, and I think this Wisconsin women's team, with all due respect, is even better and even more well-suited uh, to make a big push here against an Oklahoma team that is making their national indoor debut, and like, yeah, this Oklahoma team's got a bunch of veterans. They're super experienced. They're super calloused as a unit as well, and you know, 4-3 over Princeton, 5-2 over South Carolina, 4-1 over Furman, 4-2 over Duke. They've racked up some really nice wins. As impressive of a resume as just about anyone here early in 2022, how did they compete at the national stage? And not to steal your thunder here, Jay, but of course the big lineup change perhaps of the tournament is to see Sleeth go to the number one spot above the Corley sisters. And Lane Sleeth now lined up at one, Cameron, uh, Carmen Corley, Corley, excuse me, two, Ivana Corley, three. Now, we know the freshmen flip a hat, Chanta and Staker, they're they're money, or at least they have been thus far, for the Sooners. Uh, Of course, still, how do they compete at the National Indoors? That's something for us to monitor. And again, this is a Wisconsin team that was pretty solid last season. I believe you look for them, I want to say 13-8 and uh, overall, and you you look for this Wisconsin team, they bring pretty much everyone back. From last year's roster, and you know, uh, excuse me, last season they go eight and 11 overall, but uh, you know, again, bring pretty much everyone back from last season. and you know, you look for the team how they've competed thus far this year, five and one overall. Now that one loss, uh, a loss they took four, three in Oregon uh, against Oregon in Denver. Uh, fun weekend for them to play Denver, play Oregon, uh, fun little West Coast stretch a pretty solid start for this team again they beat a denver team 5-2 who was 4-3 with washington like clearly this wisconsin team's in the mix here and and you know 5-2 win in my opinion over a team that's going to be pretty solid this season in tcu very much an NCA sort of tournament contending team this is not your typical you know this is not i don't want to say typical because that's not fair particularly when charlottesville hosts it all the time and the virginia teams kill it but like this is not a host school that's going to get rolled over. I actually think Wisconsin's pretty solid. Now, do I think Oklahoma's the favorite on paper and in practice? Of course. But I will not be surprised. Like, I don't think Wisconsin's your clear-cut. That's the team that's going 0-3 this weekend.
1: That's interesting. You disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I- I'm not sure. I mean, particularly their side of the draw. Um, you know. Very true. Like one of A and M or whom or Cal drops
0: down and like that's tough.
1: Yeah, right. And it's like yeah. well that the the quadrant of Texas AM, Pepperdine, ODU, Cal. So Wisconsin will will go 0 and three. Um <laughs> but I but I love hearing that they had a good crowd at twenty twenty indoors. Um it's great to see, you know, they're scheduled for the night match, the night cap. So hopefully there's a good rowdy crowd on Friday night. Um, hopefully a good doubles point, you know. Oklahoma is just looking really strong this season. I do think, look, I think Sleeth and Corley at one and two will get tested. I imagine those will not finish. Um, I know Wisconsin's number one player. She's had, you know, really good collegiate career thus far. So I know she's ranked, I believe, in the top 60. um, They're at least in that range. So overall, I I think they will obviously give um, Oklahoma a test, home match for them, opening day. You know they're going to give it all they have. Look, we saw what uh, Illinois men did last year as the host um, at indoors against USC. So, you know, I'm expecting an interesting match when we'll learn a lot about uh, this Wisconsin team. Who, just to be honest, like I'm still getting to know. Right, we didn't see a lot of them um, in the past few years, so it'll be interesting to learn more.
0: Completely fair. With that in mind, match calculus. What do you got in this one? Our final round of sixteen match.
1: So I think Oklahoma takes doubles. Um, they've looked really strong in doubles, Corley sisters. Um, you know, we we just saw them sneak out that dubs point against Duke. Like they find ways in doubles. And I think Oklahoma starts to kind of run away with it at the bottom of the lineup, four, five, six. Um, even Chanta, uh, Chanta at four has looked super dominant. And I think both um, Staker, Pisareva, whoever they play down there um, is, far and away a clear-cut favorite
0: yeah uh, fair i mean i do think oklahoma has the talent advantage but i'm just saying watch for this wisconsin team they're going to be a ton of fun with all of that said that's day one of your 2022 division one women's national indoors now of course i'm not gonna let you leave without a prediction who you got who's taking the tournament who are we crowning as champion here to start 2022 well you can see the
1: cool graphic on no ad no problem uh I predicted round by round my predictions there but look I made this prediction to start the season I'm going to stick by it nothing has changed my mind here I think North Carolina wins their third straight national indoors (sighs)
0: see I want to just pick Ohio State just to (laughs) vehemently disagree (laughs) with you yeah it's a really good pick um I mean, someone's got to beat them inside to see it. And you just feel like if they can get through Ohio State with how strong they are at the top of their doubles lineup, just how are you going to, if they take a doubles point, how are you going to find four singles wins against them indoors? That's yeah. such a good point. Texas is really talented. And I'll tell you what, if it's Texas UNC in the final, give me Texas in that one because this Texas team wants the Tar Heels. And it's funny. All right, add this to the compilation. I was talking with some coaches who agree with me that if we play the 2021 NTA tournament a hundred times, North Carolina ends up with the most championships of the group. <sighs> my head says, my head says Pepperdine.
1: Interesting. I have them my, in the final.
0: My heart says Texas. Okay. And the reason my heart says Texas is not because I'm rooting for one team over another, but it's just, again, when all else is even who's the team that's won a championship and the answer is the the nucleus of that Texas team, and I just think Collins, Shavathopan, and Stearns—I don't want to say played a more significant role, but played a more significant role than Mora and Crawley and Yarlagata and Tran and and uh, obviously Cam Mora and Elizabeth Scotty did to this success of last year's Carolina team. <sighs> But man, that's a brutal side of the draw. <laughs> I'm mean, just brutal everywhere. Like, does Pepperdine get through a And M indoors, or does it get through a Cal indoors? Man, would Pepperdine like to see Cal a second time? I don't think they want to see and like they would prefer to play Cal than A and M. They would be rooting so? for the. Yeah, I think they want a second crack at Cal. I think they have, they Yeah, they
1: already yeah, have a they... third crack coming up. Yeah, but they it's know that mo- well,
0: who, the the enemy you know is better than the unknown enemy, right? Because you know what you're facing at least versus like A and M's a whole different monster. And I think it's easy to get your team up for a match you've all you've lost to. I just I like that. Again, it's loaded I'd love to everywhere. bank those
1: SEC ranking points though. Yeah,
0: A uh, and M needs a win. It would be really helpful for them for their ranking to get a high top five, top ten sort of win because I don't know if Georgia or Florida or any of them are going to be floating top five. Um, Although maybe. (sighs) With that in mind, give me Old Dominion. Um, (laughs) Sorry. I shouldn't make a joke at your expense, Coach Manila. I apologize. (sighs) I mean, I always pick the heels, but I can't agree with you. Like, it's no fun if we agree. I know right? that's a role. It's a role reversal here. I know. I hate agreeing. Ah, oh, I hate it. I'll take Pepperdine. That's fine. I'll take them to win the national indoors. We raved about them, and I'm trying to win Pete's affection back. So did you hear that, Pete? Um, that's for you. No, I, I again, pick a name out of a hat. All of these teams, extraordinarily successful, extraordinarily talented. It's going to be a really fun weekend of action. Of course, again, you can tune into all that action on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. First ball all, the last coverage of the 2022 Division I Women's National Indoor Tournaments. Myself, my Cation, Daniel Westhoff on the ones and twos. You don't want to miss out, folks. It's going to be a really fun time. And as always, a shout out to Super Producer Daniel Westhoff for the heck of a job he has to do day in, day out. I know how much editing he has to do, so I'm going to sacrifice the F-bomb for now. Uh, with that said, Jay, I know we've got some other things to discuss. We'll save it for next week's deciding point. Any final thoughts, my friend? No, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll see you in the comments. I love it. <laughs> well, with that said, for my fantastic co host, John Parsons, our super producer, Danny Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, which, by the way, www.tennis-point.com, promo code is CR15 for all of us here. At both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Jay, what do we tell the listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Enjoy day one, folks.